0: everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life i am your host natalie williams and i am here with the author of the reconstitution method for healing and rest virginia dixon hi virginia Hi. Hi, natalie So we just wrapped up a very Mm. heavy, difficult episode and Mm. conversation. Everyone who listened to the last episode will know. But I really think that, and you mentioned it at the very end of the episode, you being a mother is what really gave you that strength to just fight through everything that was going on and Mm -hmm. to persevere. And we already know your spiritual gift is long suffering as well.
1: It's Morgan. Can I just talk to yeah. her for a sec? I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Your pickup because she'll...
0: So, Virginia, people just heard a phone call and it, the sound just kind of cut out and it's because we had to take a moment and it was a prime mom moment. You answered the phone call for your daughter mm-hmm. who needs your help and you said, no, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to be there. And it, I think it was just so perfect to include in this episode. I mean, we're not gonna include the conversation, of course, but it's a it's a prime mom moment, yeah. you know?
1: You know, I think when we're little girls, we have this dream about falling in love and getting married and mm-hmm. well, I had a dream and I was certainly mentored and discipled to grow up, work hard, study, go to college have a career or an education for sure, get fall in love, get married, get a house, have babies. And it all sounded so good and so easy and so accessible. Mm-hmm. And it's all beautiful, but it's messy. Yeah. And I think of being a mom and this is, we're celebrating Mother's Day in May, right? Mm-hmm. I think of being a mom and nobody taught me, Nobody told me that it was a destination. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Nobody told me that I would be growing up with my kids. Yeah. And as you know, I didn't have a a mother. Mm -hmm. I had a mother, but I didn't really have a, a mom per se in the sense that my mom left us when we were young shortly after we immigrated to the United States. So for many years, I was alone with dad during many important formative years. And of course, he remarried and I have an amazing mom, Marlene, who was wonderful. But by then I was already in junior high school and high school. And, you know, so much of those formative years were with dad. Right. So my kids have had to put up with so much from me. Growing up, I think all kids do, right? (laughs) Because our moms are growing up with us, Mm -hmm. and they don't know. Nobody tells them. Hopefully, we were shown, but nobody really tells us how to be a mom. And those of you who are listening and think, I just blew it as a mom, and I didn't have much of a mom. I just want to encourage you to look at it all through the eyes of goodness and the eyes of providence, God's care. Because it is a beautiful thing to receive God's grace, his unmerited favor, and extend mercy to ourselves and to others. Because moms are really special people. Mm -hmm. They're very unique. And yes, I will drop everything always. My kids made so many sacrifices and are such a huge part of what formed rest and what shaped rest. And of the pilgrimage of my personal and my professional life. And they're first, they're number one. If I was sitting here with president of the United States, I'd say, excuse me, I'm expecting a call from my daughter. And if the call comes in, I have to take that call. It doesn't matter.
0: You always do. You always do. Even (laughs) if you're in the middle of a session with something, you're like, I'm sorry, this is my daughter. I have to take this this
1: call. Do you know, I've had several... Patients and clients thank me. Yeah, they admire you for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know there's several that have been frustrated, Mm -hmm. and I don't blame them. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. They get to be frustrated. Yeah. And I have to work with integrity. And that's what the rest of my life will entail my husband and my kids and my team, Mm -hmm. all, of course, after God. And, you know, I spend a lot of time with the Lord in the mornings. Oh, yeah. And spend quiet time. Like at but three, yeah, four, in morning. Morning. <laughs> four in the morning. Four in the morning. Yeah, I'm an early riser. You are. I found a piece, Natalie. We finished a tough segment, like you said, mm-hmm. but it was my deepest conviction as a mom and all the things my kids tried to tell me and explain to me mm-hmm. about the season they were growing up in that frankly, I didn't have the capacity to process and absorb the intensity of the world they were growing up in and the things, the decisions, the choices they needed to navigate. I Mm -hmm. was frankly naive, Mm. left my husband, lived in a nice neighborhood, went to church. Mm -hmm. It was the if then kind of mentality. If you do all these right things, then right, right. Yeah, not. (laughs) And it blindsided me. Mm. And I think one of, The things that blindsided me is I had a high view of man and a low view of God. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it until after they all left home and I I dove deep into finishing what I started, which was my pilgrimage through rest. Right. And then I realized I didn't have a just, accurate or a lawful, a truthful view of God. And with that came a lot of tears and a lot of brokenness, but deep conviction that I would spend the rest of my life continuing to grow yeah, and pluck some of the weeds that grew in our relationship with my kids and in my marriage as a result of having a wrong view of God. Mm. That's why I began last session with that. Right. And
0: with the thing that you're going to read, you said that it was over 30 years ago that you heard this. I think it's a divine moment that you remembered this for this episode.
1: Is that strange? When God created moms, mothers, when God, when the good God was creating mothers, he was in his sixth day of overtime. When the angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. And God said... Have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands up. A kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to disappointed love affair. And six pairs of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pairs of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me the problem, God remarked. It's the three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. Is that on the standard model? Asked the angel. And God nodded. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another right here in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know, and of course, the ones in front of her head that can look at a child when he's goofed up and say, I understand, I love you, without so much as uttering a single word. God, said the angel, touching his sleeve gently, get some rest, perhaps tomorrow, I can't, said God. I'm so close to creating something so close to myself. Already, I have one who heals herself when she's sick, can feed a family of six on a pound of hamburger, and can get a nine-year-old to stand under the shower. The angel circled the model of a mother very slowly. It's too soft, she sighed. Yes, but tough, said God. Excitedly, you can imagine what this mother can do and endure. Can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over, ran her fingers across the cheek. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much into this one model. It's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What's it for? Oh, it's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, said the angel. Somberly, God said, I didn't put it there. It was written by Irma Bombeck, When God Created Mothers. I love it. I love that. How special is that? When I held on to Riley, I held on to every person that ever came to me for advice, mm-hmm. but to be frank with you, I hung on to every single one of my kids, even the one I lost Yeah, at four months because I felt like I missed so many things that were right in front of me and I had no understanding of the spiritual things that oppose us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, i got to get this right, because this is somebody else's daughter. Yeah. And Brandy, Riley's mom, Mm -hmm. lost a child, 16 years old, McCall. Precious, precious boy. I've gotten to know him through pictures, through stories, through little clips. And I just wanted to do that to honor his life. And... just didn't want them to lose another one yeah and numerous times Riley said you saved my life Mm -hmm. I know I didn't I feel that our creator God that made us very unique gave me the wisdom and the capacity the strength and the courage to hold on to her as if I was holding on to every single one of our children yours too, Mm -hmm. Natalie those to come and I've said for years In my estimation, women represent the most important demographic in the history of this country Mm. because they shape the character and conscience of the next generation. And there's been so much erosion to the constitution of the family, and I'm certainly a consequence of that as well, that I don't think we understand how much power a woman has. And I often say, find me one proverb warning a woman about a man. You won't find one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I can show you many, many, many proverbs warning a man about a woman. Yeah. It isn't because she's awful. It's because she's powerful. Yeah. And I believe that's why Lucifer, Satan, the accuser, right? The deceiver went to her. Yeah. She had the power and the man has an enormous amount of authority. The balance of those things in a home are so important. We're going to talk about those the rest of the month, but mm-hmm.
0: and we've talked about it before um, in one of our very first series in talking Did we? about yeah lawful authority in the home, the home that built me.
1: Mm, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an it's a beautiful month to invite women to rise up and understand the power and the beauty and the value. Mm -hmm. And everything that is sacred about their very constitution, yeah. Even our anatomy is built to be wet, to bring comfort and to be soft. Nurture, feed, sustain life. Mm -hmm. And a life is so intricately woven into our very anatomy Mm -hmm. that there's something divine that I still can't fully grasp. Mm-hmm. and what that looks like.
0: It's the connection between a mother and their child. That's that's yeah. the divine connection. That's the inner world. Something woven. about
1: our connection with God, isn't it? The yeah, life force. It,
0: it, it, I think it is a prime example of that connection with God because, I mean, he describes us as his children.
1: My neighbor had somewhat of a breakdown and he left his family. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, Jordy ran across the street pleading with me that we needed to help them. We needed to do everything we could with them to help what was happening. Can we call dad and mom, can you come over? And, you know, we settled down a little bit and got the whole story. I always fixed everything with a cup of tea and said, let's have a cup of tea. Let's talk about this. Let's pray about this. And I'll call dad right away. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget her sipping her tea and looking at me and saying, if dad left us, I'd be terrified who would protect us. But mommy, if you left me, who would take care of me? That distinction. The distinction. Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah. Intuitively. Mm -hmm. Children understand the value of both mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And their need for each of them independently depending on each other. Yeah. Right? It's a self-evident truth that she had observed. That's right. Yeah. And it was a beautiful thing. But as we finished this last series on addictions, being a banquet in the grave, it's almost like There is sand sipping through our fingers and we're losing the heart and the soul of a generation and we're seeing the disintegration. And if it's not hitting our home, it's hitting the home of people we love, our relatives. And it's become epidemic. And I don't want us to give in to the times. Mm -hmm. We have power. We have an enormous amount of power and authority if we're able to step into these places of rest.
0: And I want to... Briefly say, that's not a feminist movement or a feminist type of uh, statement that Virginia is making right now. It's a human
1: being statement.
0: And it's based off of our God-given purpose. That's right. That's what I really want to stress with this, because with today's society, there's so much push for this feminist movement. And of course, supporting women is great. Seeing them as equals is great. But you have to recognize the God-given purpose Mm -hmm.
1: You can't ignore that. Anatomy speaks for itself. Absolutely. Right. And by the way, I was going to ask you, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask you yet, but I want to do a segment on language. Yeah. Because so many words have been hijacked Mm -hmm. to an unproductive end Mm -hmm. and it's destructive and it's eroding the very foundations of truth. Yeah. Churchill said truth is so important that it's often protected by a bodyguard of lies. Yeah. And we have to have the conviction to speak about things that are self-evident. My husband has been a great husband to me and a partner and a friend. Is he perfect? No. Has everything during the course of our marriage been perfect? No. But we've been married almost 40 years. And as I look back, I realize that it's the enduring voices of a generation. I say this all the time. Yeah. That speak to the triumph of the human spirit. Mm-hmm. But the triumph of us as women and mothers is to step into these positions of power and understand what that means. And we invite people into a place of rest, relational, emotional, and spiritual truth where they can reconcile the confusion between the spirit, the soul, and the body and come into alignment into that creative order, that life force Mm -hmm. that I think is a very personal and intimate God that said... Here, go, run, govern, be free. Yeah, And he did the same for a man. He did. And the role of a man is to really honor and cherish and respect. Do we each live out our roles perfectly? Of course not. No. But if a woman can stand in the gap mm-hmm. and use her power and authority to develop and grow in wisdom, Mm-hmm. Take the knowledge that you have in your body, discipline your soul, your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience to come into alignment with the story that your bodies carry. And if you can look up knowing that God will direct your path, Mm -hmm. amazing things happen. Because really, I think we're going to be instrumental in holding the line and healing the hemorrhaging hearts of our marriages, our children, our relationships, our communities, our spheres of influence, our state, and our nation. I think that is the power of a woman. I have yet to see or hear a message that's more powerful than the role of a woman in time. It is one of power. And I think in the discussions we're going to have the rest of the month, I'm really looking forward to breaking that down.
0: I think an excellent example of our role in in the nation and it moving forward is the women are we are the thermometer in the family, right? A lot of times we hear this saying of uh, "happy wife, happy life," and. I mean, it just, it's another example, even though it's a turn of phrase, it's an example of the power that the woman has in the home. And I, I love what you said about bringing ourselves into alignment because that also means regulating ourselves, increasing our self-awareness to know and to recognize the role that we play, especially in, in our men as the leaders of the home. And again, we've talked about this in the -hmm. home that built me in that series, And how the men have authority and women have power.
1: Three things I want to encourage everyone. And it's in module one, right? Yes. Of our six weeks course that I think it's accessible to everyone now. But if we can at least pause wherever we find ourselves and think about, wait a minute, I'm a spirit working through a soul in a body. God says he's a spirit. The Holy Spirit works in the soul, the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience of a person. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus was the incarnation of that. There's a triune being. We're created spirit, soul, body in the Mm -hmm. context of that triune constitution. Yeah, And we're given an identity. Out of all those trillions, gazillions of sperms that go after that one egg, only one makes it. Yeah. And it is not random. If there's anything I've proven to you and to every single patient that walks through my door, is that nothing is random under the sun. And I have a lot of tools to make a case for that. Perhaps one day we can talk about that. Yeah, that'd be great. But that conception is not random. So that's one third of our identity. Then we have mom and dad, their story. and Mm -hmm. So our stories didn't begin at home, right? Mm -hmm. It began with what was going on. And their own stories, even one year prior to conception, yeah, because it impacts the constitution of the DNA mm-hmm. in 12-month cycles, right? That's altered. yeah. And then you have the story of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So that has to do with identity. Right. But if we can grasp the power of the image and the authority that an image has, and the value of understanding identity, that we get it from the design our mom and dad and our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And then we can step into three areas of purpose, mm-hmm. how we love, understanding the hungers that compel us mm-hmm. and then recall and heal. If we have the courage to work on those three things, the power of a woman in a marriage, in a home, in a business, in an institution is transformative beyond anything we ever dreamt of, and I believe we can heal the hemorrhaging heart in one generation.
0: A thousand percent.
1: Yeah. We see what it does in our spheres of influence, Natalie. We do.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I mean, you're coming at this from a perspective of being a mom, right? And I'm coming at it from a perspective of being a daughter and not yet a mom. And it's heartbreaking to see where our nation is right now where my generation is right now and specifically what is happening in our Senate with these bills that we're seeing passed. And I know that this is going in a more political direction than what we really meant.
1: Well, it's a sphere of influence. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And you should mourn. And this is tragic. This is a time to mourn. And I am thankful that the face of evil is being exposed. Because I don't know anybody with a pulse that can see a baby coming out of the womb with the umbilical cord attached and and pass a bill that the mother has three days to decide if that is a viable life or not.
0: 15 days.
1: 15 days. Is it 15 days? 15 days. It's not acceptable. I was mortified. I too wept.
0: Yeah.
1: And as you know, I spent hours spending quiet time. And what a beautiful opportunity to rise up evil is overplaying its hand it is and it violates the conscience of 99.9% of the people that i've spoken to yeah and so what does that tell us it's time to step in to, to because our power. that life cannot be taken without the consent of a woman yeah and we have an amazing opportunity before us and you know it is to this end that i labor yeah for you Mm -hmm. and my kids and my grandkids. I want to know that we've left the promise of rest very well explained yeah, and the invitation of rest accessible to everyone. And I do want to speak to the women who sent their babies back to God Mm -hmm. before them. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Those babies live. Just because they're not with you doesn't mean you terminated their life. The probability of that child... Having been born and having the identity and the image that they had is not at your disposal. Mm-hmm. You did everything you could with what you had. Yeah. So I encourage you to step into that place of rest and live from that place of rest and know that your baby is alive and one day you will meet it. If you haven't named him, I want to encourage you to name it because if I could tell story after story after story of the encounters I've had with women who thought they didn't care. hmm and we're able to heal that part of their life, of their history. It was amazing. So we're all moms, right? And we all have the anatomy and the constitution and the makeup to exercise an enormous amount of power in time. And I think this podcast, this first little brief podcast is about inspiring us. Yeah instructing and equipping and motivating every single one of us to persevere and to say that I believe we're whole, we need to hold the line here and say no more. Yeah. Dr. Dobson and Gary Bauer wrote a book Children at Risk many 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 years ago and I'll never forget before I met either of them I wrote on the margins of my book I will lick envelopes for the likes of these men. Little did I know I would end up doing what I'm doing and what I've done with them and around them and in the same spheres of influence. Mm -hmm. Little did I know. But they wrote these words. This nation has never known. The world has never known the joint efforts and the joint commitment of women saying no more. Mm. This is a step too far. And I think we're seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your convictions. Thank you. And I'm thankful that you've chosen to make a lot of sacrifices to come alongside rest and work with me. So I love you. And I thank you. I love you too. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And I'm thankful for you because, oh gosh, I would not be where I am right now without you. It's been a gift and a pleasure and an honor. Mm. And I, I am so excited to see all of the other lives that we at rest are going to continue to touch and influence and help grow and help heal. And I know that we're only beginning. Yeah.
1: I cried the other day. I was having quiet time with God and I just said to him, I know I'm not going to live to see the fruit of this because you have something big yeah. ahead of me but it moved me to tears and I was humbled with gratitude for the privilege of laying a foundation with you all. And I know you're going to continue to work with honor and integrity and carry on. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And with that, I'm going to head out to Pasadena
0: (laughs) (laughs) to be with your daughter.
1: (laughs) To be with my daughter. Yep. As you should. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you